0: Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of the Higher Training Podcast. Lockdown is nearing its final days before the run into Christmas really kicks in. If you're listening to this in the future and it's not around Christmas time, fire on that Coca-Cola ad, just pretend for an hour or so. We are back to the main branch of this podcast, which is where we chat with a guest, Rather than having a slightly alcohol-fueled trip through Greek mythology, which is what we had last episode. Um, I will be getting back into the Greek myths. That that type of podcast is going to filter its way in intermittently. And we're going to stick with getting guests in and I might even do a couple of solo episodes myself. Who knows? If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back, listen, let me know what you think about it. Give me some feedback. I'm definitely gonna delve into more Greek myths, so it's definitely something you're gonna see appearing a lot more. This episode, I am joined by Siobhan Shaw. Now, you might know Siobhan from her Instagram page, Siobhan Shaw Fitness. If you are from my hometown, Dundalk, you may know her from walking in a very well-known gym in the town. Uh, she started as a receptionist, then got into personal training, and she now works in management in the gym she's known to take the odd online class every now and then depending on whether there's a lockdown on as always this will be a rambly chat we will jump from topic to topic but we touch on some really important things including her experience with postnatal depression and we also talk a good bit about mental health making sure you're doing things that you enjoy when it comes to exercise and prioritizing movement over mirrors Now, I've done enough talking. If you're listening to this podcast, please take a picture, share it to your story, tag me in it, let me know if you're enjoying it. I want to hear about all you fuckers that spend your time listening to us ramble on, and I want to hear why you enjoy it, or let me know what we could do to improve it. Too much talking done already, let's get stuck into this podcast. Boom, and we are live. Thanks for coming on, Siobhan. Absolutely no
1: problem, glad to be here.
0: And for people who don't know much about Siobhan Shaw Fitness, how did that uh, start off? Or how did your journey into fitness kind of begin?
1: My journey into fitness qu- happened quite, I suppose, uh, organically in a sense. Um, I had been, hadn't been working for two years. So I had my daughter and I'd been at home with her for two years. And I got to a point where I knew I kind of needed to get back to the workplace. Um, a job had come up in a local leisure centre on the section. And I applied for it, got the job. Um, started on reception, wanted to learn a little bit more about our product, so I was obviously taking a lot of inquiries and kind of passing them over to membership advisor, that kind of thing. Um, and I just wanted to, to know a bit more about what the services we were offering. So I started fitness, trying some of the fitness classes and um, that were on the timetable, and loved them. And got a great feeling um, doing them; just absolutely really enjoyed it. And then started trying the gym, um, and gradually I was doing just doing a little bit more and a bit more. Um, and ended up then I just was like I'm going to go do a personal training course. Like I just absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, and it just kind of stemmed from there, and I just kept moving um, up through.
0: And uh, when when you were a PT, and what was that like? Uh, that like that branch from actually doing the course, and then like actually going into PT, because I know that's a big a big jump doing the course, and then actually coaching people. It's a different ball game.
1: See, I think I was quite lucky because of the fact that I was already working in a gym environment. And mm. um, so, what happened was I kind of very uh, naturally started transi- transitioning, nearly actually, I don't know if I should say, but while I w- hadn't finished the course. And um, so, I was kind of moving in, and kind of, um, I, we were stuck one day, and I had to jump in and teach a fitness class. Um, and it was a water robots class, I'll never forget it.
2: Six <laughs>
1: in the water staring at me and um, I was in a reception uniform in a and shirt sure, um, and I had to jump in last minute and teach it and um, and but yeah I kind of uh, as I said it kind of moved very naturally and and I think because I was already so comfortable in that environment mm. so I was working there already I was training there myself I knew all the members, I knew all the people coming in and out, so I was very, very comfortable. It was like a home from home. Um, So I didn't have that element of kind of fear and the unknown and newness going into the role And because I had all that covered. So I had a really good base and strong kind of foundation going into it. um, And I was kind of just getting, I nearly did it the opposite. So I was getting the certificate to move into it um, fully rather than getting the certificate and then having to like totally jump into something totally different if
0: that makes sense yeah, it does yeah sounds like you're you're quite comfortable uh being around people i'd say i'd say that's probably a big thing that probably made that transition easier
1: yeah well i mean i suppose i kind of uh even on that first question when i'm saying how i got into my journey i made it all sound very uh very kind of jo- i just skimmed the surface <laughs> yeah because I wasn't actually entirely comfortable so my when I first got that reception job I had and the reason I'd even applied for a job was I as I said had my daughter it was two years at home I suffered really really badly with postnatal depression and and I had got to a point where I had realized I needed for me to get back into society Mm. and so I was at home with her all the time My, my partner at the time was out working and and he'd only come in the evenings I was spending a lot of time on my own um, which funny down the line now I love um, but at that time I realised that I, I needed to start kind of get myself back into social situations and as I said I got the job and um, like I remember on my first day actually being that uncomfortable that the general manager turned right to me on the day and she was like are you okay? She was like, like you look like a rabbit in headlights I know it's a lot of information but are you alright? And I was absolutely petrified like petrified Um, and like on top of everything, like I'd I'd had my daughter young, had really, really bad postnatal depression and which to be honest, then just, um, and it kind of went on that long, that it just slipped into depression. Mm -hmm. And, and I got to a point where I was just so nervous and self confidence was on the floor. So I was really uncomfortable dealing with people. So it's kind of uh, the whole journey. And I suppose that's why my fitness journey as such has massively impacted my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I said there at the start that I decided to go to do a PT course, I absolutely had started trying um, the classes and the gym as a way to get to know our services better. But what I found was um, it was having a huge impact on my mental health, um, a hugely positive impact. And it was, it was having such a strong effect that, that the reason that I decided to then go do a PT course was because, as cheesy as it sounds, I was like, I need to spread this message. Um, I need to tell people, like I need other people, I need to let other people know how beneficial this is. Um, And that's probably where my whole ethos of um, movement over mirrors and of the well-being side and the holistic side of things rather than the aesthetics comes from, because that's where I started out and that's where my foundation was. Um, I actually had been, and it's so funny because until I actually mentioned this on social media um, a couple of years back, even my family didn't know. Um, but I had been clinically like diagnosed to suffer from, from depression. I was medicated for, I think, about two years. um. might have been actually longer because there's a whole period that's a little bit of a blur um, in respect to that. But what had happened was, and by absolute no means am I suggesting that people do this, um, and always consult your your doctor always consult whoever it is that you're dealing with medically if you're in that situation but i would actually managed to move myself off medication through exercise and um, and through kind of that that happy hormone release and through kind of stimulating things that that had been supposed to know for a long time and mm. um, yeah so that was that was where i kind of moved into it really it sounds like but-
0: it sounds like it's almost that that thing of you know that Thing that maybe would have scared you before that like uh, well in that period that uh, you know being around people and all that that kind of s- scary situation getting into that and uh, choosing to go straight through and uh, to get better at that situation that actually made the whole situation better oh
1: 100 percent yeah and like and I totally trailed off there in, in the fact that that was that was what we were talking about but um yeah I was so uncomfortable at the start um, and it was obviously something that I had to get more comfortable with but the two really worked in tandem. Um, and it was, it was just so massively beneficial um, and probably the best thing I've ever done. Um, and definitely, I suppose, from the confidence element in dealing with people and in being more, more social and more kind of more able to deal with different social situations and communication mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A hundred percent getting kind of your, your own well-being on track just on your own self-confidence improving that like i find that a lot of people who who aren't that social it generally it's, it's their own confidence that's kind of holding them back and yeah. so the physical element massively the physical element of exercising massively improves that and then thereafter as a result kind of dealing with people that all just kind of kept growing
0: it's like another little community and i think when when you do something physical alongside other people like whether it's you're playing sport or you go to the same gym as someone when you are physically active it makes you more relaxed to talk to the people around you like some people would never really chat to others but when they go to the gym they'll say hello to the receptionist they'll have a chat they'll have a chat with the fella they see there every day and I think it can be a good community vibe if, the, if a gym is ran right.
1: A hundred percent and actually funny I find that where, we, where I work now there's just such a lovely atmosphere um, and especially, I suppose the best example now, currently being having with lockdown, we were closed for mm. close for three, four months. Um, and that's what people missed the most. Like it wasn't, it's not about the exercise. And um, obviously, it is to an extent, but it's the knock on of that. And it's all the attachments and all the things that's around that. and mm. um, But for so many people, it was the interaction. And I think. Um, our lives had all been, I'd say, I say had, because I think a lot of people have, have kind of changed their outlook and changed how they manage their lives a little bit now. Um, but I think prior to lockdown, people's lives have been so busy that you forget that maybe other people don't have kind of that same contact throughout their day and, and in their lives with people. And for a lot of people, the gym is a really, really important social outlet. Um, definitely, as well in in our older groups, um, and we've a lot of more senior members that come in, and like it's it's a hugely important social aspect. Like they would find a lot of different areas of isolation, and um, mm-hmm. even prior to this, and that being taken away was a big deal for people. And mm-hmm. um, the other element is as well, like going back to I suppose the correlation with physical and mental health. Like there's a lot of people and a lot more people that, than people realize, it's only when you start talking about it and start, and talking to people. And once you nearly say it, other people then feel free to say it back. Mm. Um, but the percentage of people using the gym for more so their mental health than their physical health is absolutely astonishing. Crazy. And people, yeah, and people who don't train or don't use the gym environment don't even realise, and um, but like, and and it's everyone. It's everyone from, as I said, the older population to the young fella who's uncomfortable talking to people, and um, to the big lads down in Freeway's area who look like they're only there. to Groton. Yeah, who look like they're only there to like fill a door frame. Like they're absolutely not. More often than, and um, they're there for the same things as everyone else. But a lot, a lot of the time. There's a lot of people there, kind of to improve their mental health. And well, you can look com- at,
0: like, even if you're trying to change your physical, you're doing it for a reason that is probably to do with your mental health or some sort of self-esteem issue. Like, I know the reason why I got into training was because I was a little bit chubbier and I probably didn't feel comfortable talking to girls, so I wanted to get in shape so I felt more confident. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Yeah, it was to get in better shape to look better. That was what I would tell people. But for the, it was confidence, a hundred percent. Like
1: yeah and that's the thing and it's when you have those more intrinsic goals or you you are aware of them that that's kind of when people really and not always but a lot of the time that's when people really kind of stick with it that it's a lifestyle change mm-hmm. um as opposed to kind of that trend like really fixated on the weighing scales and that kind of thing but i think a lot of that is sliding and moving and people are realizing um, and yeah. but again through awareness because they may not have realized that there was another kind of reason on the back burner or another motivator on the back burner they were just totally focused on the, the weight or yeah. whatever it was do you know
0: so, sometimes when I'm like why but why do you want to lose weight and like people are like because I want to lose weight and I'm like nah mate you have to dig a little bit deeper than that like
1: yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing and I think the more people are talking about it and the more kind of um, coaches and trainers and everything are putting it out there and it's a great thing about social media is people are really like asking what is your why and and they're really throwing the question back on people to to make them think about it mm. um, and it's triggering people to kind of as you say, dig a little bit deeper
0: because mm. i know like if you i know if, whenever i was training first if i missed the day i would end up like having a snowball effect where i'd like miss a couple of days and i'd end up not eating uh, great because i attribute it all to like right if i don't have a perfect week then there's no point in doing it that. but that's because in my head, the only reason I'm doing it is to look good, and I'm thinking muscle most synth- muscle protein synthesis, blah blah. blah. I fucked all that up, so I may as well just go and eat loads of shit at the weekend. But if you realise I'm doing it for confidence, so if I miss a day, it's not really going to affect me in in the long term. I get back at it the next day, and I'll get that those good feelings going again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it, it's so funny, like, because that's that was so common, and it, it's kind of still is, and mm. um, in some respects, like, what like. I love the analogy of the flat tire. Like if you had one flat tire, would you slash the other three? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's like, um, and when you throw that at people, they kind
0: of go, "Oh yeah," Do you know. Yeah, um, these all alls to make so much sense whenever you, you need to find a way just to throw it out there like that. There you couldn't make it any plainer than say explain uh, using that analogy. But until yeah. you find the analogy that works, it's just a concept. It's funny how our brains work. They're so fucking powerful and amazing but sometimes the things that are right in front of your face you just can't even fucking see yeah yeah
2: totally <laughs>
0: um, so you just mentioned that you mentioned earlier that you're a mother and you're working in a gym so you're I'm sure you have a busy life how do you fit fitness into that?
1: Um, I think well it, it varies um, but I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that I I don't push myself to fit everything in anymore mm. um, and it's probably it's been a hugely transitional thing so I suppose over the last five years and um, I would definitely say my life has totally changed um, and my outlook and my attitudes and um, very gradually and um, but it really has and I think probably looking back I would have pushed myself a lot to to fit everything in. Whereas now I've totally accepted that some days you can't, and some days things happen that you're not expecting. Some days, you know, things go a different way than you planned, and that's all right. That's life. And so now I kind of just do I do what I can when I can, basically. So different stages of the year change massively, massively for me. So for example, at the minute, like I'm only training. Um, probably five sessions a week which I know sounds probably a lot to a lot of people but for me it's, it's very little to what I had been doing mm. in the respect that I'm literally training on my break and um, so I'm using my break and work <laughs> to get my session in because I don't want to take time from home when I'm mm. at home I'm at home and um, when I'm not leaving whereas when my daughter's in school so she's on her summer holidays when she's in school I if I'm on a late shift I'll train after I drop her to school and um, or if I'm on an early shift I've got an hour or two window before I collect her that I'll throw it in there so but it just it varies and I let it vary mm. um, and I think that's what it comes down to but then there's the element of the fact jumping back to the fact that it's more of a it's for more than just feeling like I have to tick a box and yeah. um, so I genuinely love training it's mm. my thing and um, I like to lift things uh, that's just what it is I feel great it totally empowers me which again is really really cheesy um,
0: fuck it it is empowering When you if you lift up a deadlift and like I had uh, Kyle we were t- speaking about Kyle before this but he said like whenever you get to the top of a deadlift if you do a good deadlift there is very few better feelings
1: no it's the most primarily satisfying feeling the most yeah. primarily satisfying thing you can do with your clothes on 100% <laughs> like it's, <laughs> like, it's it's just like, should have
0: warned me, I was going for the sip there. <laughs> um,
1: well, like, it's just like, yeah, and especially when you get to the top, it's just like, yeah, you know, like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that actually was a huge thing in my training and a huge point where, um, things changed for me again as well. Like, I would have gone through the start a total like bodybuilding fix. Mm. So, like, I was like, excuse the phrase because I'm a vegetarian, I was a total meathead. Like. Mm. Um, And I was real kind of, and it wasn't even, again, I still wasn't overly on the aesthetics, but in the way that I trained, it was bodybuilding style. But then when I kind of switched into powerlifting, and and that's when things just massively soared, as in what regards kind of empowering me and that kind of thing, I just find more, like obviously, I gained physical strength because I was, I always was um geared towards kind of weights. I never got into the cardio kind of aspect. And don't get me wrong, as a trainer, obviously it, it's about the balance of the two, and it's about whatever you're training for. But I mean, you always need your physical kind of or your your fitness. Like you always need that. It, it's your heart and your lungs. So you need to survive. But um, and what I would have had my classes that I was teaching, so I would have been always kind of weights, my own training would have been weights focused. Mm. Um but when so I always obviously had an element of strength, but when I started focusing on strength, um I just find the stronger I get physically, the stronger I get mentally. And mm. um, and deadlifts for me, like deadlift day, like when I have deadlift day scheduled into my programme and people have actually come to when I've done a quick like boomerang about like, do you know of my plan or they've been like, have you got a love heart beside deadlifts? Like I love deadlifts. Yeah, like I actually just love lifting things. It's fucking
0: like, the most simple of exercises, but it's the most satisfying. They're uh, not very few feelings. I know you enjoy your good sumo deadlift. That's one thing that I'm trying to get into more, but any, so any form of deadlift, just picking that bar up. And you know what's actually deadlifts and lifting Atlas stones. Those are the two most uh, ones where I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like that's, that's a yeah. buzz. Do
1: I, like you want I- to do that actually.
0: Oh it's so good. So good. Um if you're into like the strength side of things, uh, I'm big on documentaries and shit. There's a Stoneland documentary on uh Netflix. It's like a load of like a kind of historical lifting sports. So like in Scotland they have like the well, I can't think of the name, the Proven Stones, where they have like all these different ones, the Denny Stone and yeah. all like that. But then the ones where they're uh, in the Basque country and they're lifting stones. That there got me into the mood of like just fucking lifting heavy shit and, and focusing on the lift rather than the aesthetics. Because I was similar to you, I was bodybuilding till I died whenever I started training. You know, I, I think chi- it's
1: a natural thing. I think that's what happens.
0: Mm. And it was only from watching shit like that. And like And I used to love the strongest man, the world's strongest man. I used to watch it with my dad. But it, it kind of slipped out of my head focusing on the performance. Or even, even if you're not an athlete, just focusing on a performance-related goal as a, a means to an end. It's a mental, mental challenge as well
1: yeah no definitely um and just even as i said it's just hugely empowering you just feel like you could take on the world Mm. um and kind of the aftermath of that then running into the rest of your life and the rest of your day and the rest of your week is that no matter what challenges are thrown at you you feel like you can take them you feel like you can handle them, and and when you say that to people who who haven't experienced it a lot of the time they're kind of like okay yeah weirdo (laughs) 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 yeah um but it's true and i think the more that people see that the, and the more that they feel it mm. um, the more it's kind of the, the more people are doing it um, and you see it i think now because um, so many more girls are like looking to deadlift and looking to learn how to do these things and looking to train that way um, Fucking love or, it, yeah or in tandem i mean with, with other training styles like because to be honest the, the most Kind of all-round benefits that I would find most people get is when they do a bit of both. Especially, like, obviously, if you're focused on, let's say, a lifting competition or a lifting meet and you want to power lift competitively, obviously, you're going to focus on that. But I mean, if your goals are just kind of to, to look better and feel better. And um, I would find a lot of people,
0: if you've got a mix of training styles in there, that's where they get the best results. And mixing like what you enjoy as well. Like um, in this day and age, we have that many sports and that many different things that you can do. There's so many things that you should try. I I fucking tried Brazilian jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, yeah, I rock, I, rock climbing, fucking, I'm out playing basketball now like by myself. Uh, which is a bit lonely, but I do have friends that are playing with me this Sunday. I finally got a group together, but uh, there's so many things you can do nowadays. It doesn't have to be just right, I go to the gym, because some people don't like that environment. They don't like actually just lifting for the sake of uh, lifting. There's always something you can do. I I think people try and focus too much in the gym and don't look at the enjoyment side of things. 100%
1: and I think like as a fitness instructor I massively pushed that and even now because as a manager within a gym setting I still have that interaction with people um, and I still have that kind of chat my train in the gym I work in and I, I chat to members in between sets and unless I'm deadlifting I'm probably not wearing headphones um, and I talk to people in between sets and stuff. And I massively it's huge, kind of I suppose ethos of mine would be to do something you enjoy and mm-hmm. um, for so many different reasons. Like I mean, I just believe if you're going to invest any of your time in the day, like to me, my time is my my most valuable currency. Um and I definitely choose how I invest it daily. Like in everything I do, I make a choice about what I'm gonna do. Um, and I I go with it, but but I consciously make that choice. And I think if you're going to consciously make a choice to go and spend that time in the gym or doing a class or whatever it is you're going to do for your physical and, and uh, mental health, like it has to be something you enjoy for so many reasons. Mm. for it to be valuable to you but also for results for sustainability for longevity for adherence like there's so many reasons you have to enjoy it and I remember like I actually remember so many times having different conversations with people but I remember specifically um one lady in the gym coming into me for a consultation years back and she she was like she said something about running I was she was was the first consultation she was going to start using the gym she um was running five times a week and out on the roads, and I was like, okay, well, at the minute she told me her goals, X, Y, Z, and I was looking at starting, kind of planning out the program. And I was like, well, at the minute you're running five times a week. I was like, if you're going to come into the gym, how many times you plan on coming in? And we were chatting through it all, and I was figuring out where I was going to balance things out. And I was like, well, you obviously love running if you're five, or if you're running five times a week. She's like, I absolutely hate it. And I was like, oh, sorry, hold up. It's like, no, wait, hang on. It's like we're not going any further. It's like. You hate running. I was like, "Why are you running five times a week?" And she was like, "Oh, well, I really want to lose weight." And I was like, "Oh, stole the ball, like stall the buggy." Yeah, I was like, "No." Um, I was like, "You don't need to do something you hate though to to get the results you want." I was like, "Like I again, another cliche, but like there's there's more than one way to going to act Like, and just because Karen down the road lost weight running doesn't mean that's what you have to do to lose weight. And,
0: Karen. But, oh,
1: Karen! <laughs> yeah. Karen, but um, yeah, there's so many people like that who think that this is what they have to do to get to X, Y, or Z, and um, and there's just so many other ways, especially as you said, now there's so many sports, there's so much available to us, there's so much out there, but even in a gym setting, there's so many different ways to train. So there's so many people who think, oh, the gym's not for me because they went and someone put them on a treadmill and they hated it because it was boring. Of course, it was boring. Like, yeah, um. And they absolutely hated it. So they think they don't like the gym. Whereas when you show them different things that they can do, when you teach them how to lift properly, when you give them a program that's a little bit more, and I hate using this word, so I'm going to do this, functional. It's yeah. the um, most overused term for about six years there. You, um, you,
0: you 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 have the same, like, you know, you have to, all these cringy words, I always have to pre-warn everybody before they say them as well.
1: <laughs> I'm not one of those people, but... Um, but yeah, functional programs. He gives them like, don't you know, something fun like slams and um, thrusters, battle ropes, that kind of thing, and they're like, they get real kick out of it. Mm. Or again, teaching them how to lift, and they get a kick out of that kind of weight improvement, their strength improving, and they get a huge lift out of it. Instead so,
0: of just throwing them yeah. on a machine or something yeah, like that.
1: Totally, and it, like, and it was the failure of our industry for so long. Um, because
0: it was easy. I was like, Is it like? people are going to revert, a lot of people revert to factory settings to just do what's easy. Um, Coaches included, but I think now the way fitness industry is, is kind of people are challenged to to do more and to be better, which is the way it should be.
1: Yeah. And I definitely think um, the industry has evolved so much, obviously, and social media, a massive part of that. And like, I mean, look at this, this communication engagement now, like you're, you're, meeting more people you're kind of crossing paths with more people you're you're having conversations with people with totally different views Mm. you're having conversations with people with similar views people are more open to learning from each other as well and like i remember seeing trainers in the industry like um even trainers that i may have worked alongside that like had so much more knowledge than me and so much more expertise than me in a certain sense they might have maybe had as much experience in the industry but they had so much more kind of detailed expertise in specific areas, let's say. Um, But they didn't want to share it with people. Mm. They didn't even want to, like I've seen people who didn't even want to maybe share it with the client. They'd show them how to do it, but they wouldn't tell them why. And they wouldn't give them the details.
0: They wouldn't be able able to depend on them then, you know, if that's a very common thing where like even I I was working in an osteopath clinic there for a while in like treatment with physios and osteopaths and stuff like that. It's a common thing where you don't give them everything because then they won't have to come back to you.
2: Yeah. Whereas (laughs) I
0: would be like, no, you create an autonomous human being that doesn't like for some people, they're always going to want to have somebody there to help them train or that always have a coach or somebody to help with injuries or whatever. But for a lot of people, you need to create autonomous people that know how to look after themselves and that's the way it should yeah. be. And if you do a good job, somebody's going to refer you to somebody, to one of their mates if you did a really good job and that's the way it should be.
1: Yeah, 100%. And you know, it's funny because the, the I always say the most successful personal training client I had or the most rewarding one that I've ever had was a girl who had come to me who just um, couldn't couldn't even fathom the thought of stepping into a gym. And so she wanted to kind of improve. And it wasn't even just about weight. Um, It was her her actual physical health. And so it was her fitness. It was all aspects of of her physical health. And a little bit of weight obviously as well and a little bit of kind of shape and stuff like that. But she just couldn't fathom the thought of coming into a gym. Um, And she the thought of even even being in the set um, and she'd come in to me and I was training her within a gym set and she, it was 100% the biggest success I've ever had because she didn't change massively. She had results, but I mean, it wasn't one of these flipping eight-week transformation pictures <laughs> that you put up this girl and this girl and they look like two different people. And yeah. um, it wasn't like that at all. And the the changes physically were very, very slight um, and very kind of, I suppose, minimal to an extent. But... The huge success was the fact that she then finished with me and joined the gym and was coming in right early and enjoying it and loving coming in and coming in and doing different classes and coming in and doing her own thing and um, she had a program in place but some days if she fell like doing something else she tried something else mm. and that to me was more rewarding than anything mm. um, and that's what you want in a client that's what you want to see you want to be giving them that confidence that they know they can go in and try something new they have enough knowledge that they have you you've given them that program that they can work away with themselves and they can adjust it as they need because you've educated them and but the confidence that it gives people is just it's just invaluable Um, and you're
0: empowering them empowering them and one thing I've noticed with your page, you're very good at empowering women, and this uh, is one thing that I think is very important, and I, I've been trying to push the message across like by getting people on that do strength sports, ladies that do strength sports and stuff, that women can do all the fucking shit that men can do, and mm-hmm. better in a lot of uh, cases. Like I know the amount of power female powerlifters that get out squat me out, deadlift me out, bench me. and fucking it's great, whereas a lot of people would feel a little bit uh intimidated by that, but I think the more we, uh fucking normalize the fact that women can lift weights, women can do strength sports something like that, the easier it is for like people on both sides to accept that
1: yeah, a hundred percent, and it's definitely something that's hugely grown in the last few years obviously, but um and again I suppose through the power of social media as well, the more you show people. That you can do it, the more people will realise they can do it, and um, and that kind of thing. And the more people see others doing it, the more they kind of go, hmm, maybe I can do that. And um, and and a lot of it is is about that. And a lot of I think, like you were saying about empowering other women. There, I think it's just being open. I think that's all it was because it was again, it was never something. I set out to do never like oh i'm going to do this like it and even when i go to to write a post like some of my captions i've said this before like like people would have said to me before like instagram's for pictures and that was what instagram was for do you remember that people just posted a photo it was just a photo and some of my captions just go on and on and i start writing it just that's just what happens it just Flows. flows organically and but I think a lot of it is the openness and like, I suppose my Instagram page was massively just snapshots into my genuine, actual life as I went through it and my journey, as I went through it. And I mm. think that's where that if, if it does empower people, I think that's where it comes from. Cause there's always just, I find like from the minute I started posting stuff again, like it was more my own journal of my journey. And when I have a thought, it was more somewhere to keep that thought yeah. Um or to remind myself, or a lesson that I've learned, or whatever it was, and it was more to remind myself down the line, to look back on it, and then the more I did it, the more I realized, each time I did it, it resonated with someone else, and even if it only resonated with one person, and it inspired them, and motivated them, then it was always worth it. That's a fucking
0: saying that I say all the time, I wonder, I don't know where I got that from, we all must be getting our information from the same source.
1: Which one was
0: that? That one, like if one person resonated with it and yeah. found it valuable, that's then it makes it worth it.
1: hundred percent, like, and, and that's what it is. And I suppose that's the beauty in sharing information mm. and not keeping it to yourself, yeah. or sharing the lessons you've learned, or sharing the random thoughts you're having. Like, and Jesus Lord knows mine to be random enough. And um, but like, that's the thing. And some people like it. I suppose when it was more so the Facebook era. Um, I don't know, I, I presume a lot of people still use Facebook. I actually deleted my, like I have a, like a business account on Facebook, but I deleted my personal Facebook page a long time ago. Um, and I would have been what people would class as an oversharer. Um, and I suppose like even on social media now, like what I, I find Instagram just a whole different ballgame. I just find it a lot more of a positive place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the connections with people in the industry, in different industries that are on the same wavelength or of the same mindset is yeah. just endless. Um, I find
0: but- Instagram, um, people are more open to like, you know, saying that they resonate with someone's story and they're more likely to follow people in a in a sense where they'll look at your content regularly. Whereas Facebook, I don't know, it seems to be a place where people just go to the, the comment underneath shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely and I remember finding that at the time. I just found I found it a very I know people call it Facebook, um, but um I called it poker face because I found like it was very much a front mm-hmm. and it was very much yeah, I just didn't find it a great place to be at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and I yeah, I kind of but again all of these were like subconscious thoughts and it's only now looking back um that I that I I realized that these were the thoughts I was having or these, this was why kind of my
0: actions went the way they did or why I, I did or do the things I did. But uh, Now I'm going to kind of branch off into the last kind of series. I have two different like series of questions to get into before we finish up and I'm giving myself plenty of time because these can be ones that can, uh, go uh, lead off to a rant. Uh, so I'm going to call it a hashtag. Now you can respond to it however you see fit. Talk about it, answer the question, whatever the hell that comes to your mind, just start talking. Uh, hashtag fill your cup.
1: Hashtag fill your cup.
0: Yeah. I am I did a bit of digging on the old Instagram post and I'm, I'm seeing how much you remember from uh, the, these journal entries, as you call them.
1: To me, right? To me, and I might go way off. Oh my God, this is gas.
0: <laughs>
1: purple. To me, right, that hashtag to me straight away would be fill your cup up and it'd be in uh, response to life. So mm. it'd be literally... Whatever it is that you that fills you that fills your soul that makes you feel whole that um that energizes you that fuels you that fires you and um, mm-hmm. fill your cup up with that and drink it um, and keep filling <laughs> the cup up um, refills. and refills yeah, and I suppose the other the other aspect is not letting stuff run empty which I think is something that our generation is was because um, I feel like we're kind of starting to evolve a little bit more but um, very, very guilty of running ourselves to low like you'd never like you, ne- we never let our phones die we never let a battery drop on our phone No. you never try and drive your car on empty um, unless accidentally um, but we let ourselves run out of charge um, and we just run ourselves into the grind so from those two respects it's supposed to just fill yourself fill your cup full of life and the things that give you life.
0: yeah, boom uh hashtag balance
1: balance right balance to me um i suppose comes back to the physical and mental aspects and the two in tandem and how they jump and play off each other Um but when you feel physically balanced and um, and your mindset your your whole outlook your attitude and everything is a lot more balanced too and um, and but the two impact each other so you can work on one and it will, it will help the other and vice versa. But a lot of it's down to grinding and focus, I think, mm-hmm. um, and on being present, um, which for a lot of the time, like I mean, you know I mentioned kind of um, depression and stuff. And when I came out, was coming the other side of that, I did suffer um, really badly, actually, in hindsight, with anxiety. Um, and for me, being present um, and just breathing was like, it saved my life. Mm. changed my life. Um but balance um to me is hugely important in all aspects of life. Again, so that you're getting the most out of your life and more so so that you're living the life you want. Mm. Um because I think too many people are kind of too focused on the societal norms or what society has kind of um brainwashed us into thinking are the norms. Um get a job, and-
0: get a, have a family, get a mortgage, boom boom, settle down.
1: Yeah, like I did it all backwards and then I unravelled it. Um, Yeah, which is gas. But uh, yeah, so balance to me is is a lot about kind of mindset, attitude, um, being grounded, being being present.
0: Is there anything you do currently to keep yourself grounded or present? You mentioned breathing as one.
1: Yeah, um, I actually have breathe written on the inside of my wrist, just in case I forget. Um, No, I actually (laughs) put that there um, because. I find that people, it's very, very common that if you're in a situation that you're feeling uncomfortable or you're feeling overwhelmed, we kind of nearly automatically look down and to remove ourselves a little bit, which is kind of, in essence, what you need to do nearly sometimes. But, so I look down and I see that and I go, right, in any situation that we're ever in, um, if you remove all of the things around you, if you remove everything going on, all we actually need to do to survive in life is to breathe like literally so in that moment you might feel like you need to do xyz or you have to do xyz or xyz is expected for realistically to survive and to thrive all we have to do is breathe
0: Boom. in a nutshell yeah love that yeah that one thing that uh was a big thing for me for my own like mental health and like self-development was breathing like even taking this uh, moments the today where i actually focus on my breath a little bit more because yeah. whenever you're upset or you're angry you don't realize that your breath it's all mouth breathing it's all fucking very fast and you're not really thinking um, even a single second like of just being in touch with your breath can make decisions easier like i know my conflict resolution has been up something serious since i started focusing on breathing so when you're in moments that are a little bit awkward focus on the breath relax take your time you can be patient instead of reacting because it changes from reacting into responding when you take that time
1: a hundred percent yeah
0: Boom. Totally. last bit now this is a new one i'm trying to put in uh, i've been away from ireland for four years so i love like here and like over the irish So the hashtag you know you're irish when oh i know the, one, know the one I, the one i was that reminded me of this is the other day i was chatting i wednesday i was having a drink with a mate who's, who's irish and she was like, you know you're Irish when uh, the only butter you get is Kerrygold. Like, That's one thing. I, I always get Kerrygold butter. I refuse to get any other butter when I'm going to Tesco or anything like that. <laughs> I literally will not get butter. Like, I will refuse to get butter unless it's Kerrygold. I'd go without butter.
1: There's so many. But you know what? You probably know you're Irish when you're having a summer picnic in the car. In the rain. <laughs> uh, potato crisp sandwiches in the car, in the rain, for your summer picnic. On a, rock,
0: a can of Rock Shandy, unreal.
1: Let literally, I was just about to say that. like And <laughs> um, with the new Rock Shandy Zero, I was like, "Yes." There is not, not
0: Rock Shandy Zero.
1: There, no there is. There is.
0: Oh fuck! Hundred percent,
1: yes. <laughs> I literally, I didn't drink. It's so funny. I didn't drink fizzy drinks, and it wasn't like a hashtag health. My body's temple. I just never really drunk minerals. Like my minerals, I sound so old. So uh, Irish. <laughs> um. But uh, like I, I don't know, our mom never really bought them. I remember having a Soda Stream, <laughs> but um, yeah, we just never really hadn't grown up, and it was never something like my daughter didn't have any until, and she's fourteen. Like she didn't have any until the last few years. We just I never did, but yeah, uh, Rock Candy Zero is my new ah oh, the dream.
0: I'll have to get a few cans of that when I'm home next. Yeah. Um, right, could, last three questions. Then, uh, what's your favourite film or series that you've watched recently? Or if you're not not big into it, then we can skip the question.
1: I'm not like I'm not a, um. I don't even have an Netflix print. Like, that's like that's know,
0: like a very uncommon thing in this day and age.
1: I know it's like it's kind of a big deal. Um, like so, I actually like all the series that everyone are talking about lately. I haven't seen any of them. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what's going on.
0: I don't watch any of the ones that people Definitely. usually watch. I watch weird stuff, so that's why I like asking people uh, to, like, even if it's an obscure, obscure one. Well, I'm sure you have some favorite films, uh, like, um,
2: yeah. um, film. You know Such an, uh, that's
0: another fucking Irish thing. Film. I, I always used to say film to people. Like, I'm going to see a film, and they're like, "What's a film? Oh. Uh, a movie? <laughs> a
1: movie? Go into the the flicks." Yeah. Um, I am um, yeah, I'm kind of old school. I love um absolutely loves the rockies office oh, um, oh yeah you can't beat them um what else do you know what i'm really annoying it's like that's like a first day question and um, oh what films do you like also, <laughs> you know what one always throws me as well and um, what music are you into because i'm like I, I my answers come across real bland i i sound like i'm vanilla Uh, sound like I have no opinion, I'm actually like such an opinionated person, like I'm such, I always have um, an opinion on something, but I'm very respectful of other people, so I don't argue opinions, but I have always got an opinion on something, I have always got like very strong likes and dislikes, but with regards to films and music and everything, um, there's so many variables, like it depends, and Mm -hmm. I hate because I used to give that answer to everything, I'd be like, "Mm -mm, depends.
0: The best answer to give.
1: But it wasn't because I didn't have an opinion. It was because it depends on the context. It depends, on the, it depends if you're,
0: on the day. If you're a little bit hungover and you're sitting at home and you're like, right, I have two and a half, three hours free, what, what are you going to be likely to put on? Mm.
1: Do you know what? If I'm a little bit hungover and I hate that this is going to be the answer, it could potentially be something a little chip flicky. Um, but it possibly is a bit something a bit rom com. Um, something wrong with a rom com. I know, but I think that that's probably if I'm, if I'm a little bit hungover, that's probably where
0: I'd go. Yeah, something easy for the head. Well, mm, uh, yeah. the next one is going to be music related. I'm big on listening to albums from start to finish. So is there any album that sticks out in your head? Or if you're not big on albums, then an artist or a band or, or some shit.
1: Again, I'm like, it's a variable. Um, I, uh, if
0: it's a variable then we have to create these situations then uh, yeah. hypothetical situations
1: I'm a, probably I'm
0: a big 90s hip-hop um, Oh there so. we go right forget about everyone just give me your favourite uh, album or artist uh, regarding 90s hip-hop Oh See I
1: can't you I Give me two
0: or three because I could probably I would be giving you a top 20 if it was me And i
1: said 90s but now I'm thinking like, like I love Ludacris um, like so he's up still around. Uh, and he's actually not nineties really, is he? Uh, late nineties,
0: late nineties, yeah. early two thousands.
1: Yeah, skim through. Um I love Ja Rule. Mm. Um yeah. uh, uh, Jarul with a shanty because apparently they sing all their songs together. Every um,
0: single fucking
1: one. I said this there recently. I was like, Oh my god, I, I don't know if the song came on the radio or it might have been my own playlist on the in the car and someone was in the car with me and said something, and I was like, um I was like oh my god i don't know what i said something about ashanti and gerald and uh, i was like yeah like all oh, their songs together and they were like there's only like
0: one and i was like are you joking no no there's are at least four. There's
1: four, million. Four. four million four <laughs> million um, uh, yeah uh who else yeah that kind of vibe though
0: and um, but that. i love a bit of country oh are we talking like american country or are we talking Declan and Ernie here?
1: no no american country
0: uh, <laughs> there's a very sharp no no no
1: <laughs> and actually do you know what i love and um, they i love bradley cooper in a star is born so star is born album is one of my faves um and yeah i just like if he did a concert i'd be there in just my the look at him though i well yeah um, <laughs> but um now i'm distracted hang on
0: no i'm um, talking about body cooper okay
1: no genuinely no. <laughs> his voice i see that as, as an artist as country rock artist that would be my vibe. a hundred
0: percent i do like a bit of american country i'm big into i don't know if you've ever heard of them the zach brown band mm, uh,
1: oh
0: no i don't think i have yeah yeah i when it comes to american country they be the ones i go to straight away um, um, and
1: stapleton as well hmm. No, good choices.
0: We're you're, uh, you're widening the, the genres of music. Nobody's mentioned country yet, so I uh, appreciate that.
2: Uh,
0: and then the last wee bit of that would be uh, any books that stand out in your head or I don't know if you're big into reading at the moment.
1: This one. Daily Stoic.
0: Ah, um, yes.
1: I have found, I have read, so I suppose in my journey over the last couple of years, um, I've read... I want to say I've read a lot of books, but I actually have found I a very short attention span. Mm. Um, so I mean, it's something I will work on at some point. Um, but I have, and, and more so in the last few years. But you know, but I like so like I've read like The Power of Now and um, New Earth, those kind of books. Um, ego is the enemy. Obstacle is the way. But I very well, I much that, yeah. I, I find I'm delving into books. So. Um, I don't, my daughter's a big reader and she literally like read cover to cover and like you can't speak to her when she's reading because she's just so engrossed in it yeah. and she, she just loves reading. But um, I find that I very much delve in an edge so I'll read kind of a chapter, this chapter, that. I'll jump back to something I've read before. Um, I suppose in all those kind of mindset books and um, Stoke kind of learnings those kind of things. But what I love about The Daily Stoke and for that reason is that it's one page at a time so it's a page per day. Mm. and a lesson per day and again i suppose with stoic wisdoms and stuff like there's always some aspect that it'll always resonate with the thing subconsciously that you needed to resonate with Mm. um or the element of your life that you need to give a little bit of awareness to it'll kind of trigger it um but i love this book for that reason that you kind of you're getting a bit of it a day um and it's one i think i've always i feel like i'm like promoting it yeah Um, (laughs) it happens it happens to have it it's um, I um, I feel like it's one I always recommend to people for that reason and I suppose with people's lives being that little bit busier and people kind of you know going on their day to day it's one that everyone can fit in regardless if you're not a big reader if you're um kind of a little bit tighter on time busy family or, or work life um, mm-hmm. you can always kind of fit in because it's just that one page or that one kind of paragraph per day so that's my favourite book at
0: yeah, I, I like that. Um, I like, I think who's, it's not Ryan Holiday that makes that book, uh, that made that Is it Ryan Holiday as well?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah ask
0: it. Unreal. Uh, yeah, I think I, I suggested, my uh, other half is reading um, How to Be a Stoic at the moment. And I think I suggested that to somebody and they got that one, that book that you have by accident. It's, uh, yeah. it's yeah, but uh, I think that it's funny how that like increase in people uh, getting into like stoicism is, is kind of coming up now nowadays. I say it's mostly because of the fact that our lives are so full of stress. Like it's not the same stress as there would have been hundreds of years ago, but there's so much more stress. We got phone, we got laptops, we got people pinging us on the phone every two minutes. I think philosophy like stoicism is quite good because it kind of gets you at an even keel instead of having you loads of highs and lows.
1: Yeah, it's about that balance again. Mm. Um, and just as I said I suppose I think the different wisdoms and lessons in Stoicism will always resonate with something whatever it is that probably even subconsciously you currently need to kind of take your awareness and focus to and maybe something that you have been pushing aside or you've been kind of not conscious of and um, or not realized it'll always kind of pull that up and um, what I think as well possibly through kind of social media people are, again, more open to it, more aware of it, um, and it's more accessible to people. So I, I think that's probably why, but it's definitely a lot more people are open to it now Yeah, um, and something a lot more people are looking at.
0: Absolutely. And we will wrap that up there. That Those 50 minutes fucking flew. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Absolutely flew. I know uh, we, we had said about 40 minutes time-wise, but we'll wrap it up there. We got through yeah, most of the things I wanted to get through today. That was very good. I hope you enjoyed that.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely did. Great chatting. Absolutely. And uh, I will leave your Instagram handle and all that jazz in the show notes for people to go and follow you. But thank you again for coming on. Perfect. Very
1: welcome. Thanks for having me. Good-
0: and that's us, folks. Another episode in the books. We are nearing that 20th episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you did it all in one go, fair play. If I talk to you a few times, I appreciate your persistence. I know we've got some regular listeners out there somewhere. I'm yet to hear from them. If you're one of those people that's listened to almost every podcast, please let me know. Send me a message. I want to know who our fans are. If you haven't listened to all podcasts at this stage, go back, make your way through these. You're going to have another two weeks to wait until we get another episode out. Unless I decide to throw out another Greek mythology episode. might happen thanks for listening again folks uh, make sure you share it to your story give it a rating and review on up apple podcast jesus christ no matter how many times i say it, i still fuck it up every time <laughs> and if you really enjoyed it you want to give some feedback to me personally send me a direct message on instagram um and if you have any ideas of people you want to get on just let me know um you have a wonderful day keep listening keep doing bits if you want to get more from higher training, make sure to head on to the link of my bio on Instagram and sign up for the free newsletter. Got a takeaway message from my darling Danzy.
1: Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me for sure. That's what friends are for. Thank
0: you, Dana. If anybody has any inquiries about Dana's availability, sing at private functions, birthdays, weddings. <laughs> 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 let, let me know at uh, darren at highertrainingmanagement.com. <laughs> See you later, folks. <laughs>